What is up, everybody? Back again, another episode of the Fan Section Podcast, uh, coming your way here pretty quick. My name is Alan, I'm your host. Uh, Tyson is out this week, I'm flying solo. Uh, this is the Fan Section Podcast, a podcast for fans, by fans, across the college landscape, from Section 100 to Section 300, boosters down to the sweets, to do talk, college dropping knowledge. Real quick, I want to get into the, take the time to thank you to get into the mailbag, the fan section Gmail at uh, fansection1 at gmail.com. Also, our Twitter handle is the fan section. Um, thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, I've gotten a couple reviews, which has been awesome. They haven't been five stars, but thank you so much, so I can't read them on air, unfortunately. If you change that to a five star, I definitely will read that on air. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is the Fan Section Podcast brought to you for fans and by fans. So real quick, uh, because you guys are all fans of college football, I'm going to dive into the bowl games because it's bowling season, which is awesome. The bowl Um I'm going to, for this episode, just talk about the outlook. So all the conferences, I wrote them not down because we're down to the national title week, um, which is on Monday. Uh, Georgia takes on Alabama. Um, I also want to talk about the biggest playoff margin of victories by both teams since the playoff era began. Um, so, and just what went into that. Uh, last episode, I talked, I went in depth on the Georgia-Bama game um, and, and talked a little bit about, you know, how Georgia dismantled Michigan and how Bama dismantled Cincinnati and how they did that. Um, and then this, I also want to end it by talking a little bit about the transfer portal. Uh, because it's bonkers still. Like, it's absolutely fucking nuts, which is awesome. Um, especially the news that broke today um, about Caleb Williams. So, without further ado, we're going to get into it. So, the uh, just break down the conferences. So, the American Conference is 3-1. The ACC is 2-4. and four, The Big 12 is 4-2. and two, Big 10 is 6-4. and four, Conference USA is 3-5. and five. Independents are 2-2. Two and two, MAC is 3-5. and five, Mountain West is 5-1. and one, Pac-12 is 0-5. Oh no shock there. SEC is actually five and six, and the Sun Belt is three and one. And I wanted to kind of not, everybody was like, oh my god, SEC, yeah, you guys suck. Blah. They started off zero and four because you had literally teams that were four win teams that got in. So let's slow it down now. That like, and I said this earlier, the SEC is gonna is very top heavy. Like, if you're a seven win team in the SEC, you're gonna be playing in later bowl games. So. Um, speaking of which, LSU plays uh, tomorrow, actually, um, and I need them to win, and I need Georgia to win. So, and then I win the bowling. Me and Tyson have this. Uh, we have the, it's called Bowl Mania. Um, so, just want to throw that out there, and I actually win some money. So, I kind of know what I'm talking about when I'm picking teams. Just want to throw that out there and let it land where it may. Tyson's third, and we. This is a list of like you know, there's like 14 people. So yeah, we're, we're kind of smart. So anyway, a little love to Tyson for that. So the. Pac-12 being 0-5, no one's kind of really, like, shocked about that. Um, I, at least I'm not. The, I mean, the Pac-12 is definitely down this year in in the sense where you're wondering, with all the coach change and all the coaches turnover, can the Pac-12 bounce back? I believe yes, and I think Oregon is going to be the team to beat. And I know that I've people have highlighted Oregon um, – in, in years past and especially this year and they got rolled by Utah rifle and Utah is a very good team. The fact that Utah lost that bowl game was nuts, but um, I want to say because Bo Nix transferred to Oregon and this is going to segue into the transfer portal talk that I have. Um, and I'll end it with the, you know, the playoff, just talking a little bit about the playoffs, but Bo Nix going to Oregon and me and fiance were talking about this. And I think I want to do a, I want to do a podcast just basically on just, 
individual players and just highlight them. They're going to be they're going to be fan section shorts, and I'm just going to say, okay, why I like this player, this player, this player, and that player. Um, and it's going to be individual players, and it's just the, the whole point is to get you get more content out there for you guys because you guys are awesome, and I can't thank you enough for listening and taking the time to listen. But yeah, so going back into Oregon, Bo Nix is going to lead this team into I think a one loss season. He's working with a new coach. He's working with a new system, and I think the system really, really, really will help him. And I, I can't wait to get with Tyson on this um, for our our college outlook preview like the, the entire season outlook preview um and i'm going to re-highlight this because i think bo nix along with sam hartman are going to be the two front runners next to bryce young obviously as the three best quarterbacks in the nation um and i say those three because those are the three that i mean obviously there's probably like, more than likely yes we know there's going to always going to be a dark horse maybe two of them that come out of nowhere it could be Caleb Williams. It could be someone like that. But I think Bo Nix is going to settle down, and I think he's going to lead Oregon, and he's got a very good team around him at Oregon and Eugene. Um, and those guys can ball. They really can. The, the Them losing to Utah twice was no fluke. Utah's a very talented team. But I really feel like they were missing a quarterback, and Bo Nix is that quarterback. So, um, And now I'm going to segue into the transfer portal because obviously Bo Nix transferred there. Transfer portal is absolutely just bonkers. Um, meaning Caleb, today it came out that Caleb Williams is now transferring from Oklahoma. Um, and I, I don't know if I believe this or not, uh, but within an hour of him saying that he was transferring, there was another article that came out from CBS Sports saying that Georgia is the front runner. So I'm not talking about just because it's Georgia. I'm talking about because it's Caleb Williams. And I said I, I've been a huge fan of Caleb Williams the entire season, like going back to saying – Spencer, a Spencer Rattler-led Oklahoma team will not make the playoffs, but a Caleb Williams team can and will. Uh, I was wrong about the will, but they could have. You know what I mean? Like, Caleb Williams led that team and saved that season. And Lincoln Riley got a, a fat paycheck because of it. So, yeah. Caleb Williams, the fact that he's leaving is nuts. And there's also rumors that Relique Brown, the nation's top running back that committed to Oklahoma, might decommit and go to a junior college. Uh, so this isn't set in stone though. So I don't, I don't like, I don't really like to speculate on rumors, especially ones that haven't come out in those hardcore, uh, like if ESPN or CBS sports or two, four, seven recruiting hasn't really talked about it. This is just stuff I'm seeing kind of on like the rumor, like circles that I'm in. Um, but yeah, so, and there was the rumor that tank Bigsby is going to transfer. He's in the portal still. He hasn't officially came back to Auburn yet, but he did play in the, in the bowl game that they had. Um, so I want to keep an eye on that as well. Um, but that's, Three players right there off the bat that are amazing. You know what I mean? Um, the fact that Caleb Williams is transferring though, it's and he's everybody's like, well, he's gonna fall in Riley. He, he could go to USC. He really could. Um, but I don't see it. I I don't think he's following him. He would have made the decision way before now if he was following him. He would have. So that's where and that's what my gut is telling me. My gut is saying that there's a there's something that had happened. Because right now the kids are on on winter break, you know what I mean? Like they're at home chilling. Their phones are probably blowing up with other with friends, and they're all a lot of them are friends. A lot of them graduated together. A lot of them played against each other in you know academy days, IMG academy days, stuff like that. Elite seven, seven on seven, stuff like that. Um, training camps. So a lot of them are friends, and I'm sure a lot of them have been texting, "Hey, bro, like your team looks sweet," you know what I mean? And like one of them was probably like, "Dude, we could have used you," you know what I mean? Like, and he probably got the wheels turning. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. I'm not speculating. I'm just saying that more than likely he was – that's what got him thinking. You know what I mean? So 
the fact that they're they have time to think when they're at the house and they're probably running through the options. I mean, honestly, if I'm Caleb Williams family, I'm sitting down with him saying, Hey man, you had a great year. And then if he tells me any sort of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going back. Well, then we're going to sit down and we're going to look at, because I want my kid to have a better future for one, I'm going to sit down and look at the list of potential places he even might want to go. Like I'm going to support him in whatever he chooses to do. And as fans, we need to do that as well. Like the transfer portal is not this big, bad boogeyman that everybody makes it out to be. South Carolina got Spencer Rattler. South Carolina was never in, never, and they likely never will be in the running for recruiting a top five quarterback out of high school. That just will not happen. Okay, the transfer portal gives them that option to do it. Quinn Ewers even is going to, I think he's going to Texas. So it's like, yeah, it's Texas. I get it. They're probably more likely than South Carolina to get a top five quarterback. But teams like South Carolina and even Colorado can benefit from transfer portals. Teams that are Georgia and Alabama, they're using it just to fill in holes. And that's what it should be used for if you're a big name team. And they're doing it the right way. I don't want to hear any of this to transfer portals bad because I don't think it's ruining college football. I don't think it's bad. I don't think NIL is ruining college football. I don't think it's any of that things. I, I only think what I'm told and what I'm reading and what I'm right now, what I'm seeing is that this is a good thing for a lot of these smaller schools because they're able to get these top flight recruits. Um, moving back to Caleb Williams, no idea where he's going to go. I think it comes down to USC and I think it's just USC, and then everybody's like, well, what about Georgia? I still – Georgia's quarterback room is loaded. Like, and if – here's a scenario, and I, I'm not trying to get on and make this a Georgia podcast, but if Caleb Williams – this is what's going to happen. If Caleb Williams goes to Georgia, Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck are gone. They're going to they're gonna enter the transfer portal. And fun fact for those of you that don't follow recruiting, Brock Vandergriff was actually committed to Oklahoma or verbally and – Caleb Williams was verbally committed to Georgia. So Kirby Smart knows Caleb Williams pretty well. So that's why I'm kind of starting to believe some of these rumors that are starting to fly a little bit. Um, but Brock Vandergriff had flipped his commitment and signed his letter of intent and went to Georgia, which made Caleb Williams decommit verbally and sign with Oklahoma. Like Lincoln Riley pitched him hard once he found out that Caleb Williams, I mean, he could have still gone to Georgia, but he would be committing with Brock. Why would you want to do that when you could play right away? Um, granted Caleb Williams also knew that Spencer Rattler. So whatever Lincoln Riley did, that's why I'm leaning more toward, I think Lincoln Riley is still going to end up with him. Um, but yeah. And then Carson Beck, Mr. Florida will likely transfer. I think he's on his way out anyway. Um, which means if uh, I'm just thinking until you won't see anybody from Georgia or Bama enter the portal until after the national title game, because they want to get their ring and you can't fault them for that. I think that's an amazing feat. They were on the team all year. They helped the team get to this point. Scout team or, or third string or special teams, they deserve that ring, honestly, whoever wins. Um, so, yeah, that's why I think they haven't made a decision yet. Um, but, yeah, more than likely Carson Beck will transfer. Brock Vandergriff will more than likely transfer. Um, and then it comes into what will the ripple effect of 2022 class. And Arch Manning is rumored to have two schools that he's down to, which is Texas and Georgia. Um if Caleb Williams goes and he's, he's going to be a true sophomore. So he'll have two more years of playing. Um, 
you know, and he gets that one freebie transferring. Arch Manning might not commit to Georgia right away then. You know what I mean? And they also have Gunnar Stockton, who's with the team right now, who early enrolled as a nation's, I think, third best quarterback, um, third best dual threat quarterback, who actually played Buck Vandergriff a year ago in the state finals and lost. So all these guys know each other. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get at, basically, saying that they're all talking. They all know each other. Uh, if you're a Georgia fan, don't freak out, okay? The, the room will still be loaded. Kirby Smart still knows how to recruit. If you're a USC fan or Oklahoma fan, if you're especially if you're an Oklahoma fan, the the I'd be more concerned if I was an Oklahoma fan, personally, because you're reeling right now. You're losing recruits at a very high level. You're losing starters at a very high level. You're basically turning into Tennessee of last year. You're just going to get absolutely raped by the portal, and it's going to suck, but you kind of have to take your lumps, and this is what happens when you lose a very, very talented head coach. Like, you can't rely on the logo anymore. You have to, at some point, and this is what happened to Georgia with Mark Rick. They were relying too much on the logo. You have to get out there, and you have to pitch these kids, and you have a very, very big pitch in your back pocket called NIL. If you were in Norman, Oklahoma, there's not too many places that I can think outside of Applebee's that would want an NIL deal, but I'm doing my best to get a hold of anybody that works at Applebee's and even the CEO, and I hope that they're diehard Oklahoma fans and saying, bro, I need money or I need a pitch. Give me this. Or I'm reaching out to the sponsors that sponsor the team and saying, like Nike, and saying, hey, what can you offer our kids NIL-wise? Because Oklahoma is sponsored by Nike. So look out for that. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, it's, you know, Oregon is the CEO of Nike. The the athletic director is the CEO of Nike. So he might not be so inclined to give you – but come on. They sponsor – they want their name. They want their logo on the kids. They want their brand on the kids. I think you're going to be pretty enticed, you know what I mean, if you're him – to, to make a move for Oklahoma. Uh, but, yeah, so all that, you know, Paul, and that's this where the nitty-gritty of politics and college football, you know what I mean? Like, that's where it gets the swamp water, basically. Like, it's it's very murky and it's very muddy, and if, unless you've lived in it and been a part of it, you don't understand it. And it's one of those things where it's like college football is very, very brutal in the sense where head coaches, they're clawing over each other for one player, and that's kind of the normal. NIL has always been around. Like, it's just legal for once. Like, now it's legal. They, they've always had this. And it's always been the teams that, like, for example, CU in 2000. They got caught with a recruiting scandal. All right? Well, Ohio State got caught with multiple Penn State recruiting scandals. There's Georgia, even. All these colleges do it, but now it's legal to do it. So they're going to keep doing what they've been doing. I mean, there was rumors of Florida State giving bags of money in lockers to kids after a big win if the kids had a great game and were the reason they won they would have bags of money like little brown paper bags that's why the that's why the song brown paper bag boy came out of florida so yeah anyway um that now that you guys know all right i'm glad you guys listened to that little rant because it wasn't really rant. it was just honestly it was just me giving you some knowledge about the ins and outs of the of the college world and if you haven't played it you don't know it and it's funny whenever we get like whenever i'm talking with like a former player or something like that online we're like you guys don't even know and it's the truth because like what we've seen what we've experienced is just like it's it, it 
it would blow your minds if you understood the reality. And whenever I tell someone that has no clue, they're like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, like we would have tutors like that would do our homework for us. You know what I mean? Like you, there, a lot of shady shit goes on. All right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that was the, the whole like transfer portal. It's completely bonkers. It's nuts. Um, which I thought was, you know, I'm not surprised, and I did predict this. I said the transfer portal this year is more than likely going to be absolutely insane compared to what it will be um, in the coming, you know, next four or five years. Because now that everybody kind of expects it and knows what to expect and all these players are leaving, it's it's going to be less of, a, of an effect next year and moving forward because people are just going to expect it. This year, nobody's really expecting the transfer portal to blow up as big as it did. But I did kind of call it. Um and then I want to move into – now we're talking about history and NIL and all that fun stuff. This year was the largest margin of victory by both teams that won the college football playoff semifinal games um, in any BCS era ever. So hats off to Bama, hats off to Georgia. They absolutely took care of business, and they get a chance to rematch each other. I'm sure Bama's not looking forward to it. I'm sure Georgia is looking more toward it. Uh, more more forward to it. So um, this is just another game for Bama. This is revenge for Georgia. This is basically how they're, they're going to spin it like this in the media. They've already been talking about the rematch times three, um, which actually should be times two. I was like trying to think. When they said times three, I was like, when was the first time they played? They didn't. They've only played twice. Um, they've, they've technically only played once this season. Um, so, yeah, and Georgia's own over the century against Bama. So um, – I'm really hoping Georgia's do, and I think it would be icing on the cake if they, yeah, you won the you won the battle, you got the SEC title game, we won the war, we won the natty. So that's what I'm hoping for. And I, but either way, the SEC is about to go six and six and seven because there's gonna be unfortunately there's gonna be losers. So everybody's like, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah, well they're five and six right now. There's there's technically one more game to play. You have two teams both representing the SEC. Um, so yeah, they'll be they'll be six and seven uh, moving forward. Um, and then, like I said, we need LSU to crush Kansas State. No offense, Kansas State fans. I'm uh, just not a fan of you. But um, also, I'd like some money this offseason. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, it, it was it was a, a very informative podcast for sure. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys took a little you know, tidbits of the, of the knowledge and the politics and all that fun stuff. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, the biggest shock, though, is the Pac-12 being 0-5. Uh, Big Ten being six and four. Congratulations to Big Ten. They had a, a really good year, honestly. Um, I think when it when it's all said and done next year, look like I said, look for Oregon to kind of snap that streak. Um, you hope that they expand the playoffs so Oregon can get in and represent the Pac-12. Uh, at least I do. Um, and then yeah, the biggest playoff margin of victory is what we covered. So without further ado, this has been the Fan Section Podcast. My name is Alan, and I am out.